Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guest. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being just like it. So be yourself, be authentic, because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guest. Hi, I am excited to have an old friend of mine today on my podcast to talk about career or purpose. Are they aligned? And that is Steve Regan. Steve, how are you? I'm doing great, Jackie. Thanks so much for the invite. Looking forward to the conversation. So, Steve, um, we reconnected actually fairly recently. We actually have worked together in the past, and I'm super excited to, to chat with you. We're in the towards the end of the summer right now. It's been quite hot. So tell me, what have you been doing over this summer to enjoy yourself? Yeah, Jackie, summertime for me is a special time. It um, What I really love and appreciate is the fact that the long days and taking advantage of the long days. So I'm a lifelong um, resident of the Northeast and, and those winters can be cold and they can be long and and, uh, you know, as a family, re- we really, really enjoy taking advantage of the summer. We enjoy spending a lot of time at the beach, especially when the kids are out of school, um, really get to, to have a lot of family time together. And from the early, early sunrise to the late, late sunsets, it really gives us a lot of time to spend together when, when we're not working and, and not doing everything. So a lot, a lot of beach time, a lot of activities outside just a lot of time to reconnect with family, friends. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Steve, why don't you walk everyone through your, your life journey? And if you don't mind starting with your, your personal, the personal side and then moving into your career journey. Yeah, happy to do that, Jack. I appreciate the opportunity to, to provide some of that perspective. So um, from a personal side, I think um, I, I feel like a very, very blessed individual in that um been married now for, for 22 years to somebody who I was fortunate enough to meet in college and, um, you know, fortunate enough to now have spent more of my adult life with her than without her uh, and, and having a great partner in Mary. And, and personally, too, now it's amazing and staggering to actually say this, but to have three wonderful children the ages of 20, 17 and 14 and just to see how um, you know, the young men, young women that they've turned into and just, you know, seeing some of the, the good sides of me coming out in them and then seeing some of the, the, the not so good side of me coming out in them. Um, you know, so from a personal standpoint, you know, we've certainly been blessed, um, blessed from that standpoint. And then I would say in addition to that, uh, I still have my mom and dad with me. They're they're both 84 years old. They were actually down this past weekend. They they made a trip down from Connecticut to see their grandkids and participate in some of their extracurricular activities as observers and and grandparents just to sit back on the sidelines and cheer on a basketball game, cheer on a dance competition, and cheer on swimming events. And that to me is an important piece because they really shaped a lot of who I am today and the father that I am and the parent that I am to my kids. So. Having that leg, having 
them be part of um, my life for so long and still continue to be a part of my life is, is a really important thing for me. Well, that's awesome. That's beautiful. I know, I'm sure your, your, your parents are happy to spend time with their grandchildren. So that's awesome. Now, what about your professional journey, your career? Can you walk the listeners through your career journey? Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly a journey that I did not, you know, looking back on the high school age, college age, Steve Regan, if you would have said this would have been my journey in life, I would have probably raised a lot of questions. Um, but I, I, I think if I can sum up both from a professional standpoint and a personal standpoint, um, what I've tried to do is uh, so from a professional standpoint, I've been blessed to, to spend most of my life within the life science industry and uh, be involved in sales, in sales leadership, and then also in sales training and development. So you're sensing a little bit of a theme from a professional standpoint in that I've had the opportunity to work, um, to, to work alongside many wonderful individuals and leaders. I've had the opportunity to lead a lot of outstanding individuals who are now leaders themselves in different roles within different organizations. And then from a sales perspective, I've had an opportunity to meet so many different people, so many people that think differently than I do, that challenge me in, in how I approach certain things and, and always you know look for opportunities, or I look for opportunities in every conversation I have to um, let my guard down, be vulnerable, and listen to others' ideas, thoughts, and opinions. And that really has kind of helped provide a, a really good perspective for me from a professional standpoint. And I say there are some parallels from a personal standpoint too, because when I'm not doing my job, either as a sales leader or as a, a, a sales executive at work, I spend a lot of my time coaching. So I volunteer a lot of time back in the community. I coach two AAU basketball programs. So I've had two different teams. One, we started on the boys' side in fifth grade which they were probably uh, around the age of 10 or 11 when I started with them. And they just matriculated out to the age of 17 because they're all going to be seniors in high school going on, some of them to play college basketball, some of them to play other sports in college, and then some of them just to pursue an education, which is phenomenal. And then I have a, a girls team that I've coached since fourth grade. They're now uh, rising uh, ninth graders in high school. And I just think about the opportunity to give back um, from some of the folks from a leadership perspective that have taught me, that have coached me throughout the years to really take all of the, the good from what I've learned to be able to give back to others and, and have the opportunity to impact some of the, the youth, hopefully in a positive way, um, for many, many years to come. So you, so you, you're right, Steve, there is definitely a theme there that you are definitely helping other people develop in from a coaching perspective with, um, with students to with adults and helping them from a, a self-leadership perspective, a training and a learning and development perspective. So definitely, you can definitely see a theme between what you do personally in your life and what you do professionally. Can you just share with the listeners a little bit more though about your current role and, and, and what brought you to your current role? Because I know you have a fairly new role that you've taken on. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do today exactly and what was your previous role? Sure. Happy to do so. So 
um, I made the conscious decision after um, 22, 23 years within the life science industry, having worked for many phenomenal organizations, but spent most of that time at two wonderful organizations, AstraZeneca and also Novo Nordisk. And, um, and then most recently, prior to the role that I'm in now, I worked for a strategy and consulting and benchmarking organization, Trinity Life Sciences. I worked for TGAS Advisors, which was a subsidiary. And we really did a lot of benchmarking and consulting work into life sciences, specifically around working with learning and development leaders across uh, the life science industry with some of the, the biggest or the top 34, 36 life science organizations and, and really just helping them with developing their strategy, outlining um, some of their uh, FTEs, some of their competencies, and then really looking at the curriculum for new hires, for advanced training, and for continuous training, and just helping share best practices across the industry and insights into, um, into some of the things that they're doing phenomenally well, into some of the things that they're doing uh, you know, on, on average with their peers, and then some areas of opportunity that if they want to continue to grow and continue to be world-class from a learning and development standpoint, they'd have to implement. Um, and then again, consciously made the decision to really challenge myself to step out of my comfort zone and uh, jump into a new career for me, which is in financial services. It really aligns with my values and, and, and a lot of the, the things that I personally hold near and, and dear to my heart. So so my role at Vanguard is I joined their institutional investor group, and uh, I am leading the sales excellence team there, which in essence has a couple of different components. There's a coaching component to it, and then there's also a learning and development component to it. And it's a newer function within Vanguard, within the organization, because there's a tremendous amount of energy, effort, and focus placed around development. Uh, the organization realized over the last couple of years that there hasn't been an emphasis on development of individuals within the organization, development of leaders within the organizations. And they wanted really that, that outside in perspective. They were looking for somebody who had worked with a series of organizations or worked for a series of companies and could bring in some of that new, um, fresh perspective, some new uh, new thoughts, new ideas, and and after a, a pretty significant interview process, I was um, I was given the opportunity, and I've been there now about seventeen or eighteen weeks, so since the middle of May. Definitely a phenomenal career, Steve, and you, like you said, you can definitely see a common theme between the different roles that you've taken on, and it really seems very purposeful in the different roles that you have taken on, which is fantastic. You mentioned that you definitely have developed leaders um, in your career. You're now really looking to create um, a new curriculum, a new program for developing leaders. And, and we always, we have to talk about the last couple of years have just been um, something we've never obviously experienced before with, with COVID, all the changes due to COVID. Now we're in inflation, you know, the um all the changes around social justice issues. I mean, there's, the list could go on and on, right? The list could go on and on. So tell me how your leadership philosophy has evolved over time. You develop leaders and you're a leader yourself. How has your leadership philosophy evolved over time? 
Yeah, I think for me, it's it's really been, and, and maybe the term has been used often, but it's it's kind of around that servant leadership. It's it's for me, I think back to my early days of leadership, it was I wanted to be the individual who was there to not only listen, but also be the solution and solve and jump in and be a part of um be a part of something that was maybe holding back, maybe something that one of my direct reports was getting stuck on. And I wanted to be everything to everybody. And I think about, so that was very, very early on, specifically over the last couple of years, it's, I do a lot more listening and I do a lot less talking. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that we may talk about a little bit later on is, you know, I always think about the quote or the phrase, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's getting to to get some human connections. Get and I truly believe that. Um, I think that's such an important piece. Whereas in the past, I always thought of, well, this is the problem you're facing, and here's the solution. And and I always went into solution mode. And now, how my leadership style has changed significantly is. Again, a lot of active listening, really understanding, teasing out and asking some hopefully thought-provoking questions, and then also laying out some options and, and just, again, convincing and, and showing faith in others that they're smart enough. They, they, they will be able to come up with probably a much better solution on their own than anything I could probably ever have provided for them. So Again, it's kind of active listening and, and just working through things and, and being attentive to individuals because, like you said, there, there's so many things happening both personally and professionally that sometimes people just need to know that you care about them and they, you know, they that that they're that they're valued and that you're really listening to what's happening in their world, whether it be on a personal level or professional level. Absolutely. And I know one of the big, I mean, what I hear you saying is also a lot of empathy too. I mean, I know almost every podcast guest that I have spoken to talked a lot about empathy. And I think, I mean, it's always been important, but I think more than ever, it's it's crucially important because of just what we have gone through as, as a world, not just the United States, but the entire world. And so things have just changed. And so empathy, listening, um, no, let but making sure that people know that you care is really important, like you said. You know, Jack, I think back to a leader I had, and I th- this goes back to, again, my first couple of years in leadership. Um, it was, I, I was on a call in my home office and my oldest at the time was probably four or five. And she came down the stairs and interrupted the meeting I was in. And my boss said to me, who's that? I saw that's my oldest daughter, Katie. And I was very quick with her and said, go back upstairs, close the door and leave me alone. I'm on a work call. And my leader at the time said, stop. What, what does she need? What, what, she's looking to you for something. So listen to her. Listen. And, and I give that story, Jackie, because I think about today, I know more about the people I work with because you've been invited into their homes. Mm-hmm. You see them in their natural setting with their kids coming in and out, their dogs coming in and out, the doorbell ringing for grocery deliveries or, or something like that. And 
it's just brought a new context to things. And empathy is an important piece. It's, mm-hmm. I, I feel closer to the individuals I work with and the individuals I lead. Um, unfortunately, coming out of something that was um, horribly horrific um, pandemic across the globe and, and impacted so many in the US. But I try to think about the positive side of things. And I think about um, how much closer I've become with mm-hmm. folks and, and the realness now they see in me as well, too. And, and just even in some of the backgrounds that people have and, oh, Steve, I didn't know you were from New York and, you know, all the different things that you see um, via backgrounds. Yeah, and it's our, our personal and our professional lives merged together on our Zoom screen or MS Teams screen <laughs> or whatever screen you're working through. And it was no way to really hide it. But it's, but it's to me too also goes back to just showing up and being authentic in who you are. We really should never try to separate the two because you really can't. You really can't. Which actually brings me to my next question. You talked about your leadership philosophy. How does that impact how you live your life, Steve? It's it's a great question, Jackie. And I think about it like this. Um, I think about the successful leaders that I've had in my life and how I've wanted to be led. And, and when, I, when I say that, I just think about, I want leaders to be honest with me. I want leaders to challenge me to bring out the best in me because I know I can do more. And sometimes I need help to get there. And I think about um, that in my leadership style and how that's evolved. And, and from a, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a phrase that's used often. And sometimes it's used too often by, by individuals. But I just think about just that genuineness and honesty, right? That, that, we need to have more of those conversations. Uh, I've seen, unfortunately, too many times in corporate America, you know, you sit in a meeting, you sit through something, and and somebody raises an interesting idea, and then after the meeting, you know, people go out in the hallway and say, like, "Oh, I can't believe Steve raised that question during the meeting." Well, well, Steve was right there in the meeting. Talk to him. Be mm-hmm. like, Steve, I, I see you're raising a point. I don't know if I agree with it, but let's talk about it. And, and I think that, again, it goes back to the honesty and the genuineness. Like when we work for an organization, I think about Vanguard and our mission and our purpose. Uh, I am 100% bought in. And, and I think about when I sit around conference room tables and, and sit around and listen to others' ideas, first of all, be open to them. And then second of all, have conversations about what others are proposing in the moment when they're there, because that honesty piece is important to me because it's such an important part of my personal life as well, too, to get back to the question that you asked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, honesty is very important. Like you said, if people don't agree with what someone has said, it's, it's better to address it right there on the spot, or at least afterwards with that person, not with someone else, <laughs> not with someone else down the road. So the title of this podcast was Career or Purpose, Are They Aligned? And you talked a little bit about how your, your leadership um, philosophy really ties into what you do in your life on a personal basis as well. How have you been able to be intentional about aligning your, your career and your purpose? How have you done that, Steve? Yeah, Jackie, it's a, it's a great question. And I think about intentionality in the roles that I've taken. And when I think about what I've done 
everything has been done with a developmental lens in mind. And what I mean by that, I think back to some of the roles I've held, whether it was a sales leader leading a team of sales representatives out in the northern central New Jersey area. It was around their development, having them get better at their craft every single day so that they can be a better resource for their customers and the population they served. I think about the learning and development leadership roles that I've had as well, too. Again, it goes back to onboarding new sales representatives and helping them begin their careers potentially, or uh, as they've had a change in career to upskill them, to develop them, to get them better at their craft. And that's even where I'm at today in the sales excellence role. I think about it's developing a curriculum, developing individuals so that they can set themselves up for success so that they can continuously have engaging conversations with clients and then hopefully educate clients to make as informed of a decision as possible. And that's that's what we're all about. But I think that's the parallels of, of a developmental standpoint in any role I've taken. And then honestly, for me, it's also been about development of myself. For the listeners out there that maybe don't feel like their career and their purpose are aligned, what advice would you give them? Search ask and challenge. Um, there are, there is definitely a lot of parallels that are between your career and your purpose. And, and what I would say when I say ask, challenge, and look to is have conversations with friends, have conversations with peers, and, and explore that a little bit more. If, if, if individuals listening aren't 100% sure of that alignment, I'm sure that they have a colleague, they have a friend that you sit down, you have a cup of coffee and you talk through like, I'm, I'm really struggling with, with this topic. What do you see in what I do in, in, from a career standpoint and from a personal standpoint? And I guarantee, because I can guarantee you some of your closest friend and or your colleagues will be able to point that out for you if you can't find that clarity yourself. Okay, great. So, so Steve, we're going to shift gears here for a second. I'm going to ask you a few final questions and then we'll finish off with a few final questions, okay? And so I just want you to answer whatever comes to mind first. Oh boy, ready? ready? Here we go. Okay. So first one, what is your favorite show to binge watch? <sighs> Lately, I just got finished binge watching The Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix. Oh, okay. And... Couldn't get enough of it. Absolutely thought it was a great series. And I even Googled to find out if season two was coming. <laughs> and I can confirm it is. But the bad news is it's not coming until 2023. Oh. So I'm going to have to wait. And you but might have to binge watch it a couple of more times. <laughs> I, will, yeah, I will, yes, due to age and everything else, I will probably have to revisit it in the beginning of 2023 to, to remember all of the different parts to it for sure. Okay. Next one. What food could you never give up? Pizza. What is it? Pizza. Pizza? Yeah. Pizza. Oh, yes. What's your favorite? I mean, do you have a favorite like place or type of pizza? So it's funny. Uh, my favorite pizza that I've ever had the opportunity to eat is eating buffalo chicken from La Rosa's Pizza up in Metuchen, New Jersey. 
Oh, uh, okay. So we lived there for 15 years. We, we frequented that restaurant often. And whenever I'm back, whenever I'm back in New Jersey to drop somebody at an airport to see a friend, I will always stop and get two or three pies of buffalo chicken and bring that back to the house here, freeze it and eat it because I haven't found any in Pennsylvania that can compete yet with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, now I'm even thinking about it and I'm, I'm salivating. It. Maybe I need to jump in the car and take an hour and a half trip to go pick up a couple of pies. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so my last one question here, I know you've been married 22 years, so I want you to go back in your memory bank. What was your favorite pickup line before you were married? Oh, boy. Well, for those of you listening, thankfully, uh, I always self-deprecate and say I have a face for radio. Um, so so, so that, that, that's a good thing for the listening audience. I don't know if I ever really had a, a good pickup line. I was, I would say, Jackie, I was probably more shy than I was outgoing. And especially when it came to to meeting ladies. But uh, when I met my wife in school, it, it was a very interesting scenario in that she was really, really good friends with my best friends. Oh. And I was really good friends with all of her friends. But we just never met. So oh. I would I would be out, uh, you know, socially with some of her friends and and then she would be out with some of my friends and just by happenstance, we, we never had the opportunity to meet until senior year. So um, I'll probably have to take a hard pass to say, I don't think I ever had a great <laughs> pickup line, but I had one line that worked and 22 years later, I'm thankful for it. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to tell you, ask Mary later on today. What did you say to her to make her want to go out with you? <laughs> she's going to say he didn't have game. I felt sorry for him and, and we just made it work. <laughs> okay. All right, just a few more questions to finish up here, Steve. So you've talked a lot about your personal leadership philosophy. You give back to the community through coaching and supporting your own kids and, and really supporting others in their development as, as a leader. What legacy do you want to leave? I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about that because I, I've had a lot of, you know, we're, I'm at the age now where Again, parents and and people from the neighborhood that I grew up with, um, unfortunately, have passed on. So I think a, a lot about that, Jackie, in particular. And and for me, it's it's bringing out the best in everybody that I've interacted with, and, and that goes from my kids. You know, I I tell my kids all the time. I have two or three really important philosophies around parenting. It's, you know, hey, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. It's knowing the difference between right and wrong. And you're not always going to choose right, but there are consequences to it. And then lastly, it's when you're involved at something, be 100% involved in that moment. Don't think about anything else or, or anything else. So when I think about legacy, I think about hopefully getting the most out of everybody, either that has been a friend of mine through good advice getting the most out of people that I've coached. Um, I think back to when I was even 20, 21 years old, post-college graduation, volunteering in my local rec basketball program. And I had an individual on my team who scored two points. He was 12 years old. He had never made a basket in a basketball game. He was playing for four years. And 
his mom and dad came up to me and said, Steve, Michael is the happiest I've ever seen him because you've cared for him. You've believed in him. And for him putting that ball in the basket, it meant the world. And I think about that, Jackie, it's 27 years later. I don't know what Michael's doing. I'm sure he's a successful um, um, business person, entrepreneur, who knows, but that's where it is. It's, you know, I've been, I've been blessed to lead some really talented people. And the best thing I could probably do is get out of their way. But then there's other folks that I've had the opportunity to lead where it's taken a lot of coaching, a lot of, um, of my time to help them, but we get them to a really, really good spot. And that's the, the happiest it could make me. So my legacy is if I think about the folks I've led, you know, my dear friends and, and the folks that I've coached, if, if they say, you know, hey, Coach Steve, Steve, um, from a work standpoint, made me a better individual, made me a better employee, made me a better person in life, then, you know, that's a legacy I'd love to leave. That's awesome. So I, I can really see and hear in your voice a genuine, genuineness of really caring for other people, Steve. And that's really awesome. That's really, really awesome. Thank you, Jackie. And, and it's, I've been blessed. Like I've had the opportunity to lead um, a very eclectic group of, um, I think about it from a basketball standpoint, you know, coming from all socioeconomics walk of life, um, all different family situations where families were intact, where families weren't intact. And, and just being able to, as best I can relate to them. And it goes back to some of the conversations earlier, just listening to them and, and, and hearing, um, where they're coming from and, what is on their mind outside of basketball and just sitting down and looking them in the eye and saying, how you doing? And you get some very emotional individuals to say, I'm not good today, coach. This is what's going on at home. And then just taking a step back to say, okay, I'm, I'm not their basketball coach right now. They just need somebody to listen to them and we'll get to basketball in a little bit. So it's just, um, it's, it's humbling from that standpoint and then also from a professional standpoint, you know, seeing folks early in their career, junior in their career to now, uh, even coaching some executives and coaching some senior level people, senior level leaders um, is an absolute blessing. And it's one that I embrace every day. That's, that's beautiful, Steve. And congratulations on that success. Um, my, my last two questions. So we've been talking quite a bit about leadership. What is the best and worst leadership advice do you have ever been given? You can start either one, worst or best, and then go to the other. Yeah, I think the worst leadership advice was <laughs> come in on day one and make a statement. Be a really strong leader. And if you have to, if you have to let go of an individual on your team, don't hesitate, do it. Mm. And that really goes in complete contradiction to who I am as an individual. Um, I think there are ways in which you can you can identify poor performance and you can help coach them. And in some instances, I've done that. I've come into teams where there have been people that have not been meeting the job expectations and they've been coached up and they've now gone on to bigger and better things. I've also had the experience where I've come into situations where um, they weren't meeting expectations. You provided a really strong coaching plan and and, and spend a lot of time and guidance and, and saying, this is what the expectations are and helping them step-by-step step get there. And some individuals couldn't get there. So I think it was the, the worst is just coming in and quote unquote, making a statement, being a strong leader. That's not, 
that's not everybody. And that's not, um, it was really a 180 to kind of my style and who I'm about. So I would say that's probably the worst piece of advice. And I would say the best piece of advice goes back to what I said earlier. Um, best piece of advice is nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think about that because so many people, when they come into new roles or new companies, they read their CV and they talk about, well, this is what I've done and been able to accomplish this, this, this. Well, nobody cares about that. They, they want to know from a leadership standpoint, are you there to help guide them in their career, to help them get better, help them develop, help them improve so that they can hopefully contribute more to the organization within their role that they may want to stay in for 15, 20 years, or help them get to a role that they aspire to getting to at some point in time. Yeah, absolutely. I love that statement too. People do want to know that you care. So my final question, Steve, is I'm guessing you might have one. What is your favorite quote? Yeah, so this actually, this quote came to me, Jackie, probably about 16, 20 months ago. And I think about famous quotes and a lot of people quote famous people as well. Uh, and this one's not from a famous person. Actually, I'm going to attribute it back. It came from um, Tim Notke, who um, is just he, he's just a high school basketball coach. And, and I don't mean any disrespect to Tim when I say that, but his quote is, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I had the opportunity to work with some really talented individuals. And sometimes those talented individuals don't realize the talent that they possess. And they're not willing to work hard to achieve what is possible. And then I see others who may not have had the same opportunities or, or a phenomenal education, but they work hard and they're going to outwork the talent so that they can be as, as best, as, as good as they can be. I see it again, I, a lot of parallels throughout this conversation that we're having here in both a professional life, but then also from an athletic standpoint, um, there are so many people that are, are wildly talented, but they just don't put the work in. But then you have somebody that is just willing to put in the extra time in the gym, the extra time in the weight room, the extra time in the, in the, um, you know, running or, or, or whatever. Um, so I think that's an important piece. And Again, it's a quote that I, I stumbled upon about a year and a half, two years ago. And I think it just, it summarizes a lot of the conversation we had here. Yeah, absolutely. I love that quote. You're right. I mean, hard work does matter. There's talent and hard work together makes the best combination. So Steve, I just really want to thank you for your time. Congratulations on the tremendous success that you're having. I know that you are leaving the legacy that you want to leave because I can hear it in your voice. I can see it and all the information and all of the different accolades that you shared with me today really does represent that. So thank you so much, Steve. Thank you for the opportunity, Jackie, and having me as a guest. 